from Pandora. Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number 10, question mark? Nine, Where, I believe. Yeah, that might be right. Anyways, uh, either way, <laughs> it'll be in the show notes. Today, we're talking about Borderlands 3 skill trees. I know we said we weren't gonna, but we here we are. Here, we're, but here we are. We couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> Uh, anyways, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at a at sorry at Vault Hunters Pod or through our email a Vault Hunters Guide at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, we had uh, we had a couple people uh, reach out to us uh, via our our Gmail account, and uh, we really appreciate the uh, we really appreciate you guys reaching out. So. Um, what that was. Yeah. So let's give see. a shout out to let's see. I believe it's Mike and yeah. William. So, thanks you guys for reaching out to us. Uh, also, a uh, little teaser. May have something in the works down the road for something cool. That'd be neat. I'm going to be super, super vague well, about it. I was going to say, wow, really vague about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. At, at this point, the more vague, the better. So, it would have been better had I not mentioned it, but now, like, now I've just got people on edge. They're like, what the hell is it? And I'm not going to be able to tell you. For quite a while, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for a little while anyway i would say probably the better part of a month at least yeah so at least. so anyways yeah. at, so, at least <laughs> so getting right into it yeah uh to be honest uh so we're still here for you guys and everything and we've been doing a little bit of stuff on borderlands but we want to make sure that we're we're kind of we're kind of cutting ourselves off ever so slightly just so that way we can make sure that we're like you know hype af when <laughs> when borderlands 3 drops so yeah yeah jeff you actually invited me to to hop on a place in borderlands with you yesterday and i told you straight up i was like nah dog i'm i'm taking time off from actually playing the the games that i that are currently out in order to just be so my body can fully envelop itself <laughs> in borderlands 3 when it's time Right, and uh, I played because I'm still working on my my uh, Vault Insider program stuff right now. Because uh, currently they're doing a thing where um, this will be over by the time this episode airs. But uh, sucks last, for you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but last weekend they were doing a thing where if you played uh, if you played uh, OG Borderlands on anything that was linked with a Shift account, you got points for it. So up to four thousand points. I'm not sure if I got them or not, but let's just say I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds um, good to me. However, if you'd be following our Twitter page, you would know that that actually happened and it tweeted out when that information was brought to us. So, so, so follow us on goddamn Twitter. <laughs> so, so, so why ain't you doing that yet? Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. And for the record, we're trying to be more active on Twitter and things like that too. So, so really, it's a good it's a good time to get in there. Anyway, so yeah, uh, we're gonna go right into the news as opposed to doing our usual. How was your last two weeks in Borderlands? So, uh, so yeah, getting right into the news. Uh, this was an interesting article that comes to us from uh, ComicBook.com from their gaming section. That is pretty pretty interesting, or at least I thought it was highly interesting. It says during a recent interview, Borderlands Three lead writers Danny Homan and Sam Winkler teased what fans of the madcap post-apocalyptic series can expect from the series in the future. According to Winkler, Borderlands 3 is, quote, definitely a successor to all the games, end quote, at least in regards to its story, because it picks up where the previous titles left off. 
And over the course of its 30-hour story, it will, quote, tie off some threads and have some new threads, end quote. And of course, the new threads will lead to new stories, which is why the new game definitely isn't the end of Borderlands in any way. So. I don't even know if I like Borderlands 3 at this point, and I'm already stoked. Right? (laughs) Like, I played 0.0 hours of Borderlands 3, (laughs) but I'm ready. But I'm just like, yeah, Borderlands 4, or, you know, well, I guess they're not going to do a Tales from the Borderlands 2, unfortunately. Um, Nah. (laughs) R.I.P. Telltale Games, ripping rest in pepperonis. (laughs) Yeah. So. Uh, oh wait, no, sorry. Rest, rest in spaghetti. Never forgetty. <laughs> <laughs> so no, they made some fun stuff, and I'll, and I'll be they honest, did. I'm, I'm, I like Tales from the Borderlands. Obviously, Borderlands is my favorite franchise. But as far as Telltale games go, I am equally saddened that we won't have uh, that we won't have Wolf Among Us too. That's actually a comic book series that I follow. So yeah, yeah, yeah sad about that too. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're looking, so there's definitely going to be some more Borderlands stuff in the future. I'm assuming they mean some games, so. (laughs) I mean, I'm really, really just dying for a, uh, Borderlands, uh, card game that I can play on my phone. That would be, that would be fun, so. That was Um, full sarcasm. Yeah. And you just, you took that bait like a hungry carp. Why a car? <laughs> no raisin. Uh, no raisin. Perfect. All right. Anyway, uh, Drew, what else we got here? Yeah. So next, uh, no surprise to anybody that follows Borderlands and various Borderlands streamers on social media. Uh, numerous polls have showed that Flack is the crowd favorite when it comes to first possible playable characters. Quick sidebar. I know it's early for one of those and we do them frequently throughout the episodes, <laughs> but Flack has, Flack does not go by gendered pronouns, so that's that's according to, to Gearbox and to the voice actor that voiced Flack, uh, ProZD. ProZD is one of my favorite uh, voice actors. Wicked good. So Jeff mm-hmm. and I are going to do our best to refer to Flack as they and them and their, just because that's how... They were written, and so that's what we're going to try to do. If we slip into gendered pronouns, sorry about it. We're doing our best. We'll get better at it as time goes. Numerous Twitter polls show that Flack is a crowd favorite. That's unsurprising to me. Based upon the character trailers, of which the Moe's and Flack ones were the most recently released, or no, sorry, the Amara and Flack ones were the last ones to be released. And by the way, mm-hmm. I was totally right that Flack was going to be the very last one. I called that oh, yeah. last episode. Oh yeah, you totally did. You got and it. And <laughs> it's it's not surprising to me because out of the four, Flack had the best character trailer, and Flack has pets. I mean, and you can pet the Skag. It's not. You, it's you a can. no-brainer. Yeah, you can. You can pet all the pets. So you can pet all the pets. <laughs> Pet them pets. Pet all the pets. Pet, pet Get your them pet pets hands go. ready. Pet them pets. <laughs> this is even more of a reason to have Borderlands 3 in VR now, so you can actually physically reach out and pet <gasps> the pets. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't even considered that. That's right? phenomenal. 
Anyways, so, but yeah, uh, Flack Flack is easily the uh, from different Twitter polls. Uh, the Borderlands official Twitter page put out a, a final results, which there were sixty two thousand six hundred sixty eight votes total uh, on that. A whopping forty five percent of that were for Flack, and that uh, seems that seems to be par for the course because I believe that Jolt's dude and Killer Six and a couple of those guys put out Twitter polls asking the same thing, and Flack was like at fifty percent almost every time. Yeah, uh, I know that Geek versus Nerd did one as well, uh, and that was forty nine percent. There was also one by uh, Paul Tassi, who is like the games contributor for Forbes, and mm. his was at forty nine percent. So, I mean, um, so props to Flack for being the the most interesting, the you know the one that is the most. Uh, it will be the most played. It looks like to begin with, and I feel stoked that when we do our first playthrough that I already called dibs on Flack like months ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like Drew was all over that. Like like just all over it. So Yep. Uh, anyways, anyways moving, uh yeah, yeah, next article. That's up to you. Yeah. Moving right along. So uh we have so we've been getting more I'm sorry, I can't even go into this with a straight face. <laughs> We've been getting more information on who is going to be uh, doing voice acting in Borderlands 3. And there was one that really kind of came out of the came out of the woodwork here. Uh, we have learned now that Borderlands 3 has the voice of Ice-T playing a sentient teddy bear. Uh, this news comes from Games Radar. Uh, at least this is where we're getting our article. Um, he's making his first major game appearance in Gearbox's up-and-coming shooter, playing the role of Balex, a navigation AI stuck in the body of a cuddly toy. For reasons. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Borderlands 3 creative director, director Paul Sage, at a recent, inter- recent preview interview, revealed to GamesRadar how the partnership came about. Uh, that's a great question, jokes Sage. Ice-T is a big gamer, and I think he came out and at one point saying he was a Borderlands fan, and then he and Randy Pitchford got in touch, and we asked him if he would be interested in voicing this character. He was killer in the studio and had an, and an awesome guy from everything else I know, so it's fantastic to have him. So, uh, so yeah, it seems like it's going to be really fun. There's a little bit that you can hear from it and everything. So, uh, yeah. So, so the, the only the thing sentient- that could be... Sorry, the only thing that could be better than Ice-T voicing a teddy bear in Borderlands is if it had been John Mulaney doing an impression of Ice-T <laughs> voicing a teddy bear in Borderlands. Perfect. That would have been great. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, d- uh, during our preview on one of Borderlands 3's new planets, Eden 6, the sentient teddy bear found his way into an armored mech and fought alongside us through one of the game's many new dungeons. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so yeah, that is, uh, that is quite fun. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, Drew, I think I'm going to take the next piece since I, I have a little bit more about that too. Yeah, please. Cause I haven't so, even watched it. Right. So, uh, we also have, this comes to us from the official borderlands, uh, page as well or just borderlands.com there was uh there was some flat gameplay that was going around a lot of people a lot of streamers had the opportunity to play flack and actually let me look at this I'm trying to trying to get this all mathed out and everything so the if you have not seen any flack gameplay yet 
when this episode goes live, you will have one more day. There will be one more streamer actually uh, doing some flat gameplay if you want to watch it live, but you can also watch the VODs for any of these guys on Twitch. Um, August 14th, we had a lot of guys like Admiral Baru, Arex, Gathalion, Paradise Central, Broman, Two Angry Gamers, 269. Um, you know, 15th, uh, Kriha, I... I um, some of these streamers I haven't heard of, I'm being honest, so I'm going to try and pronounce these names correctly. Apologize if I don't. Uh, Kriha, Kareem Seuss, Loser Fruit on the 15th. On the 16th, Nacy, Subpar Lover on the 20th. Adibu, Magla, Shate uh, on the 21st. Adibu again, uh, Ludi, and Magla. And then on the 23rd, if you haven't gotten a chance yet, uh, so tomorrow, Friday the 23rd, you'll have an opportunity to watch Mr. MV uh, go ahead and do a playthrough of that, but you can watch the VODs for any of these guys. I would assume just on their channels. So go nice. check it out. The gameplay is really interesting. Um, this really looks like the best combination of everything that we've seen in borderlands so far. And, and I'm even including parts of the pre-sequel of that. So <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, it looks, it looks really, really good. And you can go check out any flat gameplay. Uh, and it's good to see gameplay from, uh, that's not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's good to see gameplay that's not, uh, trying to think of a word here, uh, clean, I guess. I don't know. That's not mm. structured. Okay. Uh, it's just letting people do what they want and seeing how it goes. And it's really, oh, okay. So it's not like that. as guided as it normally would be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, cause they're just letting him go and do things anyway. Uh, cool. So. Cool. That's uh, I found, I found out also recently that, um, so they took some info from, from the, from, you know, the normal ones, Baru and Gavalian and killer six and Jolt student them and asked them who they planned on playing first in, when they start playing borderlands three officially. And yeah. They were all like Zane and Moe's and Amara and all these other ones until they all played Flack. And now they're all saying that they want to play Flack. True. So excited for you. Although I am, um, I am, uh, excited that I, I think I'm not sure if it's a situation where, well, no, cause a lot of, a lot of them actually have had opportunities to already play the game. So that being said, they probably wouldn't have played it with with Flack. So now that may be a thing. So right. yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, and so now we're gonna get into a topic real quick uh, in the news that Jeff and I were actually kind of hesitant on even approaching, but we want to be, but we're gonna do it because we want to. We don't want to not address it because it just it just kind of felt wrong to not address it. We're we're talking of course about the the entire situation based around uh Submato and the 2K attacks, you know, quote unquote that's uh happened with him. So yeah. if you don't know the whole story, we can post a link to it in the show notes. Essentially what happened is there were copyright strike copyright strikes from 2k against Submeadows channel numerous numerous Num numerous like, like we're there's talking a lot 100 and something now or something like that somewhere around there yeah and uh Submeadow has deleted his entire twitter page and now actually his channel's gone at this point we couldn't 
not address it. And we don't have all the details. Nobody is ever going to know the entire story. But let's discuss um, a couple of things that we do know and how we feel about it. So, mm-hmm. again, first of all, nobody is ever going to know the entire story, and we're not going to pretend to know the whole story. Right. Um, yeah, getting into what we do know is uh, Submato had initially been, had initially a lot of information. Uh, I think he was actually the main channel where I, I personally heard about a lot of the initial characters before they were even mentioned and how they were going to play. And, and he was almost exactly spot on with, with all of them. Um, some, sometime later after he had posted several videos like this, uh, two private, private investigators who were hired by 2k went to his house personally and talked to him uh, about this situation, and that's where this all really, really, really started. Um, again, we know we're saying this, and it's because we're being we're trying to be honest and candid about it. We don't know everything that happened within that. Um, yeah, within those conversations, yeah. we don't know within exactly what was, what was spoken about. We don't know. Yeah. We what we something else we do know is that he also was apparently catching some heat from a part of one of the things that they did address with him was when Borderlands when when game companies are getting going and they're about to release a game, typically something that they'll do to ensure that Twitch functionality is working properly and everything, they'll create like burner accounts essentially on Twitch and mm-hmm. do gameplay and everything on there. And that they don't make public to, you know, that they don't, hey, come and watch us play. Like, it's for testing matters. Yeah. And somehow, yep. Sub- Submeadow uh, found the links to those channels and, and published that information. And um, that was something that was addressed with him. You know, they're saying, hey, you can't be doing that, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, like we said, the first thing is, we don't know the whole story. The second thing is, if there was a non-disclosure agreement violated, then that's a problem. And granted, we understand that the general thing is that YouTubers don't have NDAs with game companies. Yeah, unless it's pre-worked out, but anything that they just find out through social media or whatever, they don't have NDAs on that. Right, but... The caveat there is that if somebody within Gearbox or 2K or what have you violated an NDA and Submato went public with that information, legally that is an issue. Now, we're not saying he did or didn't because, again, we don't know. But if that's what happened, then that could be a uh, potential. Uh, legal problem. Right. The other thing is that uh, we understand that he did, he found, or he was aware of these burner accounts, whether someone told him or he found them on his own or whatever the situation was. That in and of itself may not have been 
a large issue, but the problem was was that due to a lot of previous things that had gone on, this seems like this was the the straw that broke 2K's back. Yeah, that seems to be that seems to be so, accurate. And we, we do also we do also want to say that 2K definitely could have handled this better. You, yeah, that's that's the you, last major point here is that is that regardless of whether they're legally in the right or not, it's not a good look for a major publisher approximately a month before your your flagship one of your flagship games drops to be pulling this kind of shit. Yeah, it's it's not a good look and it seems the vibe that I get from it is that they sent these two people there and it seems like it was intimidation tactics. Right. Which is so. it's and so I completely understand the backlash and the outrage that's come along with it. And mm-hmm. 2K can't be surprised about this. Like, what did we do? Like, we're just doing our, you know, come on. If you can't see that, then that's then that's a an issue with relating to your audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Re- I mean, there's so many ways that you could have reached out before that. And, and they may have. And they may have. We, again, we don't know. <laughs> but, uh, and the last, the very last thing that I want to point out about this is Gearbox had zero to do with this. Gearbox is the developer and the game maker. Like, say what you want about Randy and everything. They didn't have shit to do with the actions that 2K took. So don't mm. don't go after Randy. Don't go after Gearbox. Don't go after writers and developers and people who just worked their asses off for years to do the best they can at making a game that we yep. are hopefully all going to love and play for years to come. Yeah. This is Absolutely. all 2K and it's on them. And, and that's kind of where we're going to wrap it up with that. Like we said. Yeah. The, to... to to go back to it, to go over our stance on it. We don't know the whole story. If it w- if an NDA was violated, then he could potentially be in legal trouble for that. It's not a good look for 2K at all, especially with the timing currently, and Gearbox didn't have shit to do with this. So right. that's where that's the official Vault Hunter's Guide uh, stance on the situation. Yep, and that will be, unless something major happens within this story, that, that'll be the last that you hear of it from, any, from anything from the podcast, from our uh, from Twitter, which we haven't even gotten into it on that at all. So that'll be the last that you hear of it from us, unless something hugely major happens with that in the future. Right. So, so. That is, that's kind of a bummer story, and we didn't want to end the news on that. So to end the news on a positive note... We streaming, bitches. We streaming. <laughs> so uh, I know that was a very juxtaposition kind of a thing, but we wanted to bring it back up. So we've been doing some test streams. We've been doing uh, a few things here and there. We're getting ready for that launch date because we're going to be going hard at it on hard. on launch. So it took us took us a little while to set some things up. It's still fairly bland and kind of jank at the moment, but uh, we hope that you guys will be there for our personalities and. During uh, the initial uh, during the initial playthrough of the game, when we're all playing it for the first time, uh, you know, we hope that we can be there on your second screen, entertaining you. It'll be myself as Zane. It'll be Drew as Flack, 
and it'll be my wife as Amara. So uh, we're gonna get there. May or may not be looking into a fourth. We'll find out. So uh, I've got I've got a couple people lined up, but I'm not sure. This is kind of the core group, so we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. So, so the Twitch page is Twitch.tv/AVaultHunter'sGuide. Come and check out our test streams when we're doing those. Those are gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing a couple of those, I would assume, between now and the actual release date. So check that out. We're gonna tweet out when we're doing so. Yep. Um, like Jeff said, come for the banter and the personalities. Don't come for the gameplay. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> if you want to watch not. really good players, go watch Schultz Dude Killer Six Baru Gothalian. If you want to see some dudes dick around and have some laughs while we're doing it, then come to come watch us. If you, if you want to see the kind of gameplay where it's like, hey, what happens if I jump off this ledge? Oh, I die. Then come watch us. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. You got it. Like, can I make but, that jump? Ooh, nope. Cannot. Oh, can I make that grenade jump? Stacks. Nope. <laughs> can I make that grenade jump? Oh, no. Still can't. Okay. <laughs> can I make that rocket grenade jump? Hell yeah. Oh, death wall. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so that's gonna wrap up our news. Uh, come and check us out on twitch.tv slash Hunters Guide. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Like I said, I knew that we weren't. We said that we weren't gonna do this, but here we are. We couldn't, <laughs> just couldn't help ourselves, man. We're getting into the Borderlands Three skill trees. Woo! Uh, yeah, we know that everyone. Yeah. First of all, we also want to say that we know that a lot of other people are doing this. I, Look, there's, yes, there are a lot of skills. There's still only so many things that synergize with each other. So, you know, I, I personally have not checked out any other builds just because I don't want my, I don't want what I'm thinking of to be skewed in any way. So. Right, right. Um, you don't want to be like, well, Baru said that if we go into this skill, you know, like. Yeah. We kind of yeah, wanted to form and, our own opinions. So neither one of us has watched any build videos. Uh, secondly, we also want to address the fact that these builds are based completely off of assumptions and no actual gameplay stuff and no, did I say knowledge of weapons? Like, we don't know what guns are going to be in this game. You know what I mean? Well, we, we know of one and we're going to get into a build for it <laughs> later. Right, right. We, <laughs> like, we, we haven't gone out and looked at the list of, like, there's comprehensive lists of legendaries and everything that are in Borderlands 3 already. You can find those on Reddit and Twitter and such. We haven't looked at them um, for the same reason that we weren't looking at the at the skill trees. We kind of want to be surprised by everything. But we yeah. do know of one, and we're going to go into that. There is an entire build based around that one specific weapon. Uh, Woo! And yeah, that's right. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways... This is all, these are all version 1.0 builds. We'll obviously revise them and adjust them and may just shut them down completely if they suck. Oh um, yeah, and and again, as Drew said earlier, this is based off exactly 0, 0.0 hours of gameplay. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So right, anyways, uh, getting yeah, into it. Drew, yeah, take, take us there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me get you there. Uh, so first, we're going to start with Amara. So. Uh, we also just a just an FYI, we did two builds per character at this point. We probably could have done three, but some on some of them, like just a second build was like, eh, this one feels a little forced. 
but yeah, without yeah, without knowing uh, what things are going to be buffed by either class mods or relics and things like that, we just don't we just don't know yet. So we'll see. Right. Also, cool thing: every one of these builds is going to be in the show notes. So if you Woo! go to the show notes, we have the names of all these different uh, builds, and you can click on them, and it'll take you right to the Borderlands skill tree page for that character and you can see what we're talking about because we're not going to read through every single skill and what it does it would take too long to do that and to go through the play style and to go through the build we were fine doing that with the original borderlands uh a while ago because most people who are listening to this have played it and have a general idea of what the builds kind of look like but anyways Mm -hmm. the first build amara we call this one stacks on stacks on stacks it's nice. based around the mystical assault tree. Um, the action skill there is phased cast. It sends forth an astral pro- projection, which deals damage to everything. But uh, but we're not going to use that one. <laughs> no, no, not really. So uh, what we're going to be doing is um, in this tree. What they're looking to have you do is build around rush stacks. Uh, so building upon rush stacks seems like the most viable playstyle for a build based around this tree. Uh, rush stacks are earned through various skills and depleted all at once when Amara's action skill is used. One skill in particular that allows you to earn rush stacks is Do Harm. It grants you a stack of rush for every enemy killed. Uh, rush stacks have different uses depending on which skills have points in them. Again, for example, when we're talking about do harm, every stack of rush consumed when her uh every stack of rush consumed, her action skill damage is temporarily increased. Um if building around rush stacks, uh we're looking to make a build that uses the consumption of stacks and synergizes with her action skills and status effects. To do this build in the Mystical Assault Tree, what we're looking at is putting points into Do Harm, Violent Tapestry, Alacrity, Transcend, Restless, Ascendant, Laid Bear, Wrath, Remnant, Awakening, and Avatar. I'm not going to say this every time, but again, if you want to know what those are, just go to the show notes, pull it up. Mm-hmm. Um, when available, I would use the uh, the... Alternative action skills of Deliverance and Soul Sap. Um, Let me pull those up real quick again. Okay. Yeah. uh, Again, we're not going to go through every one of these, but yeah. uh, Soul Sap, a portion of all damage dealt by Amara's action skills is returned to her and nearby and or a nearby ally as health. So that's up to 30% of skill damage dealt. Right. Which is... A fair amount. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I I would say that. And then the other one that we're looking at is uh, Deliverance. And Deliverance is... So you're going to be in phase cast until you can get Deliverance. And in Deliverance, Amara sends forward a an astral projection of herself dealing damage. Uh, whenever her astral projection damages an enemy or object, it releases homing elemental projectiles that trigger her action skill elemental effect on enemies. Man, that's going to be so much fun. <laughs> it's going to be sweet, dude. So you're just going to be flinging, you're just going to be basically flinging, you know, your astral projection through stuff and just, I'm, I'm picturing it as like, as like a big wave that just 
you know, tears up enemies as it goes through them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're really yeah. kind of looking to... It's it's mainly about, like, taking out the big groups of enemies and such, you know? Yeah. So uh, I know that you've got some more stuff on this, but just out of curiosity, um, when you're... Well, you, you've got a couple more skills and then and then for that, and then I'll go ahead and ask you about it. Yeah, so after... So after getting into the, after going through the mystical assault tree, what we're going to be doing is we're going to, um, oh, I don't know if I even said anything about that. So we also are going to put points into uh, Awakening and Avatar, and then we're going to dip into a separate tree completely. That's pretty, pretty normal for Borderlands. Like, you want to get the capstone in one tree and then kind of dip into another one to support what you're trying to do. So we're going to dip over into the fist of the elements tree, which is unsurprisingly all about elemental damage. Um, yeah. So we're going to put points into infusion, wildfire and illuminated fist. So that's, that's nice. the build. Um, yeah. It's so, called stacks on stacks on stacks and it's all about just maximizing the use of those rush stacks. Yeah. So I know that you've looked a little bit more into Amar than I did. Cause we kind of broke up how we were looking into these builds and everything. So based on, based on what you're telling me here, how, how do you see uh, the gameplay and what types of guns you're looking to use for this build and everything like that in order to help, uh, in order to help kind of build the rush stacks and to get the most out of them. Well, so in addition to, Using the the astral projection, the uh, yeah the astral projection there. There's a lot of stuff yeah. based around um, around status effects and um, and stuff like that. So I I'm looking to use a lot of elemental weaponry just to you know light a guy on fire or what have you because that's as far as I'm aware that's going to count as a, uh, as a status effect, like status effect, that dude on fire. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm looking in here. There's, there's lots of fun stuff. I, I like, I like ascendant, um, for those people out there, ascendant is one right in the middle of her mystical assault tree. And, uh, it, it says, uh, all action skill augments gain increased effects. So, so yeah, um, looking at it, I, I think it's it's fun because they're doing a lot of those things that are right in the middle uh, that are seeming to help out with with just about every character and in every tree. So and in this case, the the big thing being that when you get deliverance, it's it's different from your astral projection, and uh, uh, so you're so you're going to be getting so you're going to be getting deliverance, and uh, it'll it'll just I don't know. It just, it just helps. And then in, in soul sap, you're already getting 30% life, uh, 30% of skill damage dealt, uh, for life steal. And then this ascendant allows that to be plus 20%. Right. Right. So I'm not sure if that's going to be stacking on top of the already 30% straight up and that'll be 50% or if it's 20% of 30%, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Either way, which it's going to be sick. So yeah, uh, at at her base, um, just naturally, the ele- action skill element is going to be uh, shock damage. But you can, once you're maxed out, you can actually swap that, 
you can uh, swap that from Chakra to Soulfire and convert all of her action skill damage or uh, elemental damage to Incendiary. Um, or if you want, you could also put points instead of in the uh, Fist of the Elements tree into Brawl and then get enough points to have the action skill uh, element be corrosive. So mm-hmm. that might be something that we do down the road is like, hey, we're getting into this section of the game. We know there's a bunch of robots. Let's respec into the Brawl tree a little bit so that way we can do corrosive damage. Or, yeah. you know, hey, we know we're going to be fighting a lot of wildlife in this section. Let's respec and go back to Fist of the Elements to make it all incendiary. That's something that we we absolutely do in other games. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So especially when you start getting up towards that real high-level gameplay where you have to have specific builds for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So no, I think this one's fun. I think it'll be, I think it'll be really, um, I think it'll be really interesting and I think it'll, I don't know. I just think it'll work really well and it, and it feeds into what we know about, about sirens already. And it's a very good take on it. It's, it's a good take on using sirens, uh, in the ways that we know them from the past, which is just, Hey, just do damage over time stacks and status effects and everything like that. And you'll, and you'll do really good. And this is a great way to do it and do it slightly differently based around, uh, based around the rush stacks and everything. So right. It's I like, like it's one. like doing a build based around, uh, Maya's phase lock ability in, in borderlands too. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do based around that skill in particular. You know, when you phase lock somebody, it releases these health orbs, and you know, all this mm-hmm. other stuff. So we're just doing the same thing, but we're taking it in a more offensive direction with this build in Amara. Yep. Yep. Which, yeah, told, I mean, just from looking at the info that we know about her and some of the little bit of gameplay that we've seen and things of that nature, we can definitely tell that she is meant to be more offensive and less of a mid rangey character than the past sirens have been. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, I'll take the second one here because like I said, I did the builds on Amara. Um, so I'll just take this one. Uh, also this second build I'm going to call Ring of Fire. Uh, this is based nice. around <laughs> the uh, this is based around the Fist of the Elements tree. The primary action skill in that tree is the uh, it's called Phase Grasp. <sighs> I don't want to disappoint you, but Phase Grasp basically Phase Lock from Borderlands Two. which is fine it's fine it's just nothing super new and i get it because jeff and i actually we tried to do an episode once where we tried to make up extra vault hunters like we tried to be like hey if they came out with two with the dlc for borderlands one and had two new vault hunters what would they do we abandoned that episode entirely because it was too (laughs) hard for us to come up with new and unique abilities and skills and such. We, we are not game developers <laughs> and, and I can understand why that would be a challenge. Truth be told, we came up with one decent idea and then we just went, Oh shit, this makes no canonical sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so yeah, phase grasps, nothing crazy new, but the cool thing about it is that it's, is that there's a, a little bit more stuff that you can do with it. Uh, anyways, uh, a summary of the Fist of the Elements tree, it's, it's it's exactly what you think it is, based upon the name. It's for building around Amara's Phase Grasp and Elemental Weaponry and Elemental Damage. 
none of it is super tricky or fancy. It's just a you're basically building around anything. If you go through that tree and there's in the keywords there, you'll see like highlighted highlighted words and stuff. If it says elemental or status effect, you're basically going to put points in it. That's essentially yeah. what we're doing here. So this build, we are putting points into Anima, Infusion, Tempest, Illuminated Fist, Wildfire, Deep Well, Catharsis, Sustainment, Conflux, and Forceful Expression. That basically, Forceful Expression being the uh, the capstone in there. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which just straight up, I, it, it really explains this whole tree, just straight up, uh, Forceful Expression is just Amara's guns deal bonus elemental damage based on her action skill elements. So eight and its current effects, uh, the way we have it set up, bonus elemental damage, 18, uh, 18% of damage dealt. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nice. And like we said earlier, so dip, you can dip into other trees, and currently we have it set up with uh, Soul Fire, so it's all going to be fire damage. But again, you can dip, you're going to dip into the other trees anyways. You can dip into whichever one you want based on based on the element you want you know the uh the brawl tree for corrosive and the uh mystical assault tree for shock damage so yeah so i'm gonna uh i'm gonna say something kind of kind of interesting here which is that uh oh it's about time oh wow harsh So, uh, you, you did, you worked on both of these builds and I think it's interesting that for both of them, uh, the trees that you went to the capstones for fist of the elements and mystical assault in neither one of those, did you end up using the base action skill? You ended up using one of the, uh, action skill augments or not, not the, not the augments, but the, uh, well, yeah, the the changes to it that are in there. Right, right. Because, um, I found that most of the time you have the base action skill and then you can use okay so for let's let's take for example in fist of the elements the action skill is phase grasp i'll just read it real quick amara summons a giant fist that bursts from the ground and locks the targeted enemy in place for a few seconds some some enemies are immune to being grasped and instantly take damage instead that's that's exactly like phase lock um yep. <clears throat> anyways so once you get to the third tier of the tree you can go into the eternal fist and it is basically the same thing except for better so amara summons a giant fist that bursts from the ground and locks the targeted enemy in place for a few seconds same thing however now whenever the grasped enemy is killed a new fist seeks out and grasps a new target grasps is a difficult word to say on a microphone and enunciate enough to where you are understood (laughs) yeah yeah it is so somebody needs a pop filter (laughs) yeah yeah for sure uh hit me up send me a pop filter uh anyways so but what we ended up going with in this tree is we went with ties that bind same thing again giant fist locks the enemy blah 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 however enemies near the grasped target are linked and any damage dealt to a linked target is shared between all other linked targets my whole idea around that is you lock a guy down it and anybody near them so you're going to shoot that guy with let's say a a hellfire or some other type of you know incendiary elemental smg or something and it's going to light up all of his buddies too 
that's just kind of what I was looking to do there. And then mm-hmm. we're going to also use uh, Allure in there because uh, Allure is the action skill augment. I don't, we should probably touch on that real quick. Now there are extra things that you can do with your action skill. It's kind of like, it's, but it's not included in the skill tree proper, you know what I mean? So like before yeah. you would have to, to get an action skill, uh, you know, like a melee override effect or something like that, you'd have to spend a skill point on it. Now you don't have yeah. to. You just have to get right. to that point in the tree. So the one right. that we're going with is Allure. Amara's action skill creates a singularity that pulls in enemies. So between... So it just made sense to me to use that with Ties That Bind. So you use Ties That Bind, it makes a big fist, it grabs onto a guy, then Allure is going to pull everybody in, and then Ties That Bind is going gonna, is gonna to link them all together, so you're going to do that damage to the middle guy, and then it's going to do damage to ev- all of his buddies that are now packed around him. Perfect. That just I makes sense to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so sorry, go ahead. So, are you going to be running this? Uh, being that it is Elemental, are you going to be running this with the weapons? Would you be running this as traditional uh, traditional siren guns then? You're going to be using fast-firing pistols and SMGs just to get as yeah, much just to chance make sure, to get... Yes, yeah, exactly. Just to make sure that you have uh, as great a chance of doing your Elemental effect as possible. That's That's the idea. Perfect. I love it. So, uh, secondarily, we're going to be going back to the mystical assault tree, so that way we can get, um, so that way we can use the uh, rush stacks again to our to our benefit of, you know, getting a getting a, an increase in the action school action skill mm-hmm. cooldown rates and, um, you know, upping our status effect chances and the action skill damage. So. That's where nice. we're headed later on. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I call that build Ring of Fire because <laughs> it's perfect. What else? Would I call because it? because Johnny Cash, right? <laughs> Woo. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's going to take us to our next character, and Jeff's going to go over that character. Jeff, go. I am. No, I'm just kidding. I got this. Yeah, <laughs> All right. So uh, this one. <laughs> This is the one that we're talking about where this requires a certain gun to be able to run this. And I think everyone will understand once I get into it. I'm not going to tell you the name of it because that's going to ruin it. (laughs) But um, so the first thing we're going to be looking into, and honestly, the way that I've built both of these was more around the doubled agent tree for for both of them. Uh, Doubled agent, for those of you that may not have seen it, is a digit clone that's similar to Zero's deception skill, although with the addition of action skill augments and the ability to swap places with our clone. So it's, uh, it has the opportunity to be built around much more in this game than it did, uh, in the last one. Uh, there are some things that are similar. Uh, you can do splash damage, uh, when, when it goes away and things of that nature. Um, there are some takeaways to it as well, though, which, uh, one of them is that it actually takes damage and things like that. So it can be, uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of a hybrid somewhere between, it's somewhere between zero's deception skills and or zero's deception skill. And I want to say death trap a little bit. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I could see that because it's, you know, it's able to take damage and be destroyed and, and yeah. And it's, but a, it does, you know, as opposed to just standing there and 
looking cool and everything. It does have its own. It does have its own type of AI or sentience, I guess, along those lines. So right. Uh so yeah. Uh, so you're able to do a lot more with it. Uh, the double agent tree also has, interestingly enough, it has a lot of synergies with grenades, which I was not expecting for him. Honestly, I don't. If you were to line up all the characters and be like, "Hey, pick the explodey one," go with you know. I would. Oh, I, totally I, I probably Moe's. Yeah, absolutely. Which we'll get into that later. So stay tuned for that. Um. So yeah, we're going to be getting into that, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for you guys to see where this finally ends up at because it's a fun one. So again, we're going to be going into the doubled agent tree first. Uh, we're going to be going with uh, synchronicity, uh, premunitus, Donnybrook, fractal frags, duct tape mod, quick breather, pocket full of grenades, old U, boom, enhance, and double barrel. So. Uh, so this is kind of why we're getting, getting into this one here is, uh, so synchronicity gives you more gun damage. Uh, premonitus gives you better magazine size. Uh, and then after that, that's where we really start getting into the grenade parts of it. So fractal frags, the digital clone throws a copy of Zane's current grenade mod when it's first activated. If it's killed, it drops a free grenade. All right. That's really cool. Uh, so grenades there. Uh, the first shot fired from Zane's gun has a chance to also fire a grenade and it has a short cooldown. So up to 20% chance to do that. And the cooldown time on it is, uh, eight seconds. So if you have a, if you have a one shot Jacobs, uh, shotgun and you, and you fire it and it has a 20% chance to do that. And then, uh, you've got to wait eight seconds, even if you can do more shots in between there to do that. So kind of an interesting thing. Uh, quick breather. Um, oh, one thing we forgot to wait. No, we touched on that. We touched on the fact that you can swap places with the clone. So, um, yeah, you know, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a really, really interesting thing to be able to do that. Uh, where it gets really interesting is pocket full of grenades, which is after killing an enemy, Zane great, uh, gains grenade regeneration for a few seconds. All right. That's, that's pretty legit. And, uh, then we start getting into, uh, boom enhance, which is another key part of this. So whenever Zane summons his Digiclone, it consumes up to three grenades. So this is why we want to be able to have the option to regenerate grenades. For every grenade consumed, the Digiclone gains increased gun damage, max health, fire rate, reload speed, and Digiclone duration. Nice. That's that's a lot. Of that, stuff. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff, and it's not by small amounts either. Uh, no, yeah. So you only have the option of putting one point into that skill. And it gives you plus twenty percent to, uh, plus twenty percent damage per grenade. Oh, sorry, gun damage plus twenty percent per grenade. Uh, max health plus eighty one percent per grenade. Fire rate plus five percent. Reload speed plus thirty one. And digiclone duration plus twenty five percent seconds. So that's yeah. all per grenade. Yep. So Absolutely. if it consumes up to three grenades, then you're talking sixty percent gun damage. Uh, 240% max health, uh, 15% fire rate, 90% reload speed, and 75% digiclone duration seconds. That's, that's stupid. That's a lot of stuff. That is a <laughs> lot of stuff. 240% max health? What? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm excited for this for one specific reason. 
at Endgame, I'm excited because it seems like they've really, really taken a look at the past things and realized, hey, if we're going to have pet classes and clones that are out there that can actually take damage and things, we really need to be able to buff these so that in raid boss fights and everything, these things actually stay up there because they're such a huge part of these builds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've, we, we've all had that happen where you get into, you get into you know, final playthrough as, as Gage in Borderlands 2 and you throw out uh, Death Trap and he just can't even take out one, one psycho before he's shredded. Yep. yep. And, and it gets, and it gets rough, which is fine. Cause anarchy, but whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but still, my but point still, is still though, valid. It is. So we also have uh, skill augments on here. We've got, if Zane takes health damage while the clone is active, a portion of that damage is shared to his clone instead. Shared health damage, 75%. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So if, if he consumes three grenades and he's got an extra 240% any health anyway, why would I not want 75% of my damage to go to him? Right, right, exactly. He's just going to be taking all in all that damage like a champ. Yeah, just so. take all that damage, kill that thing off, get that cooldown running so you can bring him out again. Yeah, exactly. Then we go over to the other uh, augment, which is binary system, which is whenever Zane swaps places with his clone, a cryonova is triggered around Zane and his clone. Sweet. So now we're looking at having things. We're looking at doing fun grenade things with things that can't move very fast or maybe even frozen in place, depending on the amount of damage. Yeah. So uh, it makes throwing grenades a lot easier if your target ain't moving or moving. Hell yeah, slow. really. So the other thing that we need to get into about Zane and the way that he works is that Zane actually gets the option of having two of his action skills at once. What? What? So, <laughs> uh, for this one, we're going to be running the shield. And the main reason is, or his barrier, the main reason is because we're going to be feeding into a lot of things that allow him to have lots of shield and not go down from that. Um, even when the shield does go down, he's going to get increased gun damage and uh, for just a little bit. Uh, he's going to get health regen, a lot of things from that. We're going to be running adrenaline, hardy stock, brain freeze, stiff upper lip, confident competence, best served cold, futility belt, uh, calm, cool, collected. And then for the augments on his shield, we're going to be, or on the barrier, sorry, we're going to be running nanites or some shite. That's <laughs> my awful, terrible attempt at an accent there. Um, pirate, which gives him help. Doing there? Yes, exactly. You got it. First try. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Zane and his allies gain health regeneration, increase reload speed, and greatly improved shield recharge delay while near his barrier. It's kind of an improvement upon the, uh, upon the turret that Roland had in uh, BL1. Right. So uh, the only thing is that it actually doesn't, it doesn't actually shoot things, but it does a lot of really good support stuff. And then, like I said, when it's, uh, uh, he gains increased gun damage for a few seconds after, uh, after the barrier takes damage. So a little bit, not much, but it is a little bit. So the thing I'm excited for, and this is what I'm talking about. This is why I did this entire build is because I knew that there was one gun that was going to be in this game. Uh, and you may be thinking to yourself, how does this work? Uh, so this is the gun that I knew that was going to be in there and that I saw gameplay of was the infinity from what we have seen or from what I have seen. Anyway, it works the same way as the infinity does in borderlands Two. one round of ammo. And it just goes 
it just hold down the trigger and you're good to go. Does it do a lot of damage? No. But here's the nice thing. Tell this me the nice thing, Jeff. The nice thing is that this will synergize perfectly with duct tape mod, which again, the first shot fired from Zane's gun has a chance to also fire a grenade with an eight second cooldown. Yep. So <laughs> now the chance of getting a grenade is 20% when that skill is maxed out. So it's not a guarantee. But it's a pretty good chance. If you find you have... a rapid infinity, right? You got the... Mm -hmm. It's... You're just holding down that trigger, and every single shot from an infinity is considered the first shot. Correct. So... Every single one. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> so when Jeff and I were working on this episode, he was like... I was like going through this, and I'm like, yeah, that all seems cool. And he's like... By the way, you know that Infinity's in this game, right? And I'm like, yeah, so how is that relevant to... Oh my god! <laughs> so so you're, you've got a... If you're firing, let's say... Just just based off of Borderlands 2, right? How yeah. fast would it, did a rapid Infinity shoot? Like, how many rounds per second would you guess? I am looking that up right now. So, rapid Infinity... Borderlands, Infinity, Wikia. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Put this in here. So, uh, fire rates. Uh, I'm looking at this. This is actually a Vengeful Infinity. So, uh, but this one has a fire rate of 10.4. <laughs> so, which is still which is still a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. But that's not actually, it doesn't actually convert to exactly shots per second, does it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this is quality content right here. If, I mean, if I had to guess, right, I would say that it's probably like a rapid infinity is probably like five or six shots a second. Mm hmm. Somewhere around there. So yeah. if you're just doing that constantly, then one, I mean, if your chances of, of getting a grenade is 20%, then during that one, one second, you've got a chance. <laughs> and then it just resets after eight seconds. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, so, essentially, every eight seconds, you're hucking a grenade. Yeah. Like, at that, at that point, you can even use a low-level infinity. Like, it just doesn't even matter. Right, right. <laughs> like, you, yeah, you, don't, you don't even need to, the damage from the gun. You just need... You just need the grenade. You just need it to fire fast. So yeah, that's it. So I'm super excited for that. I really hope it works the way I think it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. So that's that one's super cool because it's the only, it's the only build that we have in here that's based around a specific weapon. Um, yeah, oh, we Jeff, do have. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. So we call this one. Uh, we do call this one Infinite Grenades Version One version 1.0 so we're we're super stoked about it yep. super stoked uh so, so what's the rest of, what's the rest of the deal on that build uh what as far as like what's in there or? yeah as far as like secondary trees and stuff like that yeah no secondary we already covered the secondary trees that's oh, we the did. oh one. right 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 you're right you're right my bad yeah all right don't worry about it. so next build 
Yep. So uh, I'll be honest, part of the reason why I did that was just I wanted to make sure that also he had enough shield that if he ended up grenading himself, that he would be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Understandable. All right. So we're going to get this moving along because we are taking a little bit of time here, but now we are... uh, or a little bit through it. So next one we're going to do is one that I kind of forced in here, but I think it's going to be really, really fun. It does revolve around the doublet agent tree again, uh, but it also evol- uh, revolves around the hitman tree a little bit. So, cause there was another aspect that I was really, really intrigued about as far as in gameplay. And it does rely fairly heavily on this, which is that the first thing that got me thinking about this was in his hitman tree, which is actually based around the sentinel, which is um, sent into battle on, an automated Sentinel, that's S-N-T-N-L drone, uh, that continually flies through the environment and attacks enemies with its machine guns. Pressing F or G while Sentinel is active causes it to attack enemies under Zane's crosshairs, if any. Duration, 24 seconds. Cooldown, 60 seconds. Machine gun damage, 4. So, uh, looking into it, though, getting... Uh, getting into that, the thing that I thought was really interesting was uh, violent speed and violent, or yeah, violent speed and violent momentum were the two that I really thought were interesting, which was after killing an enemy, Zane gains increased movement speed for a few seconds. All right, that's pretty normal. We've seen that skill in other places before. Zane's gun damage is increased while moving. The quicker he moves, the greater the gun damage. That's where we started building this tree around. Yep. Uh, Got a few other skills in here. We're getting uh, kill and we're getting salvation, which is uh, gaining lifesteal for a few seconds. Got that maxed out. And then we've also got all of Zane's kill skills gain increased effect duration. So um, now going into it, the way that we use this is we use those core things from that to really buff the skills in the doubled agent tree. And the whole idea here is that we're forcing a shotgun build that's based around momentum speed. Zane's going to switch with his doubled agent. He's going to get in there with a shotgun. Hopefully the momentum carries through when you actually switch. And with the movement speed he has, he's going to do a ton of damage with one or two shots of that shotgun and then bounce out right away and then switch again. And it's all going to be based around that switching. Yeah, swapping with his Digiclone is the is the really crucial part of this. If he's... So far, as far as we're... As far as we could tell, he could swap with his Digiclone as many times as you want. And yeah, we, we, that's the basis of this entire build, that and, the, and yeah. the speed. If I'm wrong, then thanks for going along with this journey with me, and we'll try it again on the next one. But <laughs> <laughs> Right, because, this, because without that, this build is viable, but it, not nearly as good. Right. So we're going to go back into synchronicity like we did before, and, and then we're also going to go into borrowed time, which increases action skill duration. Uh, for every active action skill that we have. So we're going to be making sure that his Sentinel and Doubled Agent or and his Digit Clone are out at the same time. We run uh, we run uh, Premunitas again to get that magazine size, Donnybrook uh, to get the gun damage uh, after killing an enemy. Uh, we're also going to be getting Which One's Real, which is the skill augment for his digit clone that uh, allows it to uh, he, the clone is targeted after swapping places. So even when I go up to these guys after swapping places, I'm uh, to the bandits and things like that. I'm not going to be taking damage. Hopefully uh, the other thing is that he's going to do uh, splash damage when he goes away. That one's on doppelbanger. So up to 280 damage, which will be nice. Um, yeah. 
Zane and his digital clone gain an increased chance to ignore bullets uh, from Like a Ghost. It's going to be important since we're going to be right up in the faces of enemies. And then we're also going to get Double Barrel, which I believe they might have insinuated from this as well, or it could just been a, a thing about him and his clone. Uh, you get uh, the clone is equipped with a copy of Zane's current weapon when activated, and swapping places with the clone causes Zane and his clone to gain increased gun damage. So. So he gains whatever shotgun or whatever you're going to be wielding at the time, and you get 20% buff on that. So, oh, and then there's also Supersonic Man in that same tree, which is whenever one or more of Zane's action skills are active, he gains increased movement speed for each act active action skill. And it's 12% per action skill, so if I've got both Sentinel and uh, Sentinel and the Digiclone out, he's yep. going yeah, to be gaining 24% increased movement speed. That's on top of uh, the violent momentum and violent speed are really going to make this tree good. The mm -hmm. other thing is we want to make sure that we can actually hit these enemies. And uh, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be using the Sentinel to emit a shock field that, uh, that drains shields and replenishes Zane's shield. And then we're also going to be rocking uh, Bad Dose, which is kind of an interesting skill and it does do a lot of things. It occasionally shoots out a beam of radiation that weakens enemies and buffs Zane. For every weakened enemy, Zane's movement speed and fire rate are increased. Uh, weakened enemies have decreased movement speed and attack speed. Fire rate plus 2% per enemy, movement speed plus 6% per enemy, damage uh, 4 per second, duration 12 seconds, and cooldown 8 seconds. So, so the crazy thing about this is that we are looking at... Um, <laughs> so if you look through the skills here violent speed right movement speed mm -hmm. plus 20 percent uh violent momentum uh the gun damage is plus 20 percent at the default walking speed okay mm -hmm. um but it's uh but the quicker he moves the greater the gun damage bonus and then let's see so that's that's already a ton of movement speed increase then bad dose increases it six percent when that thing activates i mean he's just gonna yeah, be moving so per fast enemy. and the, yeah supersonic man is 12 percent per action skill i mean you're talking about him moving like twice as fast as possible we we know which character is going to be the speed run character <laughs> yeah oh yeah not even a question hadn't we thought yeah. about that uh so yeah so, so what are we calling that belt jeff <laughs> so we are calling that one since you're going to be moving uh switching places a lot and doing it very quickly we're going to be calling that one the old in and out the old in and out, <laughs> the old in and out. so yeah um because innuendos <laughs> in your endo <laughs> <laughs> i got him while he was drinking yes <laughs> hey, nice Ah, uh, man, uh, we really need to start recording video for these. <laughs> I know, right? All right, uh, next. Next character, Flack. So, uh, Jeff and I kind of developed these ones together a little bit. Uh, we did on the first one anyways, and then the second one, I took it upon... Actually, no, other way around. I did the first one by myself. We did the second one together. Yep. So, the first build, I call Gun Monkey. That funky monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Gun monkey is based around Flax mastery tree. The uh, <clears throat> the action skill there is called gamma burst. Uh, 
what it does is it creates a portal basically for uh for the pet to travel through and do radiation damage to enemies close by radiation damage is kind of the name of the game when it comes to this build as expected the master tree focuses on flax pets and the synergies that go along with them here we're looking to buff the pets as much as possible we're using the jabber because it has an attack command that allows it to throw a radiation barrel at enemies so gamma burst uh quick quick sorry. sidebar yeah I, I i saw that happen live like the first time that uh when goth and broman were streaming yep and it was it was sick it's like like he just like digs up a barrel out of nowhere <laughs> just like <laughs> just tucks just it. like yeah just like yeets it at like anybody it's great nice. <laughs> that's so great so anyways so that's why we're looking to use the jabber even though in the mastery tree they kind of suggest that the skag is the pet you're going to be using i'm not having none of that because <laughs> the with gamma burst the pet's going to go through and do radiation damage then i can instruct the jabber to throw a radiation barrel that's just it's that's a lot of damage that's a lot of damage that's that's a lot of damage <laughs> so for that we're going into uh ferocity to do increased damage, um, persistence hunter for action skill damage and gun damage. Um, we're looking at uh, go for the eyes because it uh, the first melee attack has a automatic critical hit damage and it and it increases per rank. I mean, Sick. it's <laughs> it's you're just this is an angry monkey, dude. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're you're just basically relying on your on that pet to do the most amount of damage for flak it's like doing a bloodwing based build for mordecai in og borderlands oh so good <laughs> so so good and we're gonna do the same thing to kind of support it later but anyways so ferocity persistence hunter go for the eyes who rescued who frenzy psycho head on a stick barbaric yop pack tactics and dominance um yop yop <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Psycho Head on a Stick does, uh, whenever Flat kills an enemy, their pet gets increased movement speed and damage. Barbaric Yop uh, increases the power of pet bonuses granted to Flak. Uh, the cool, the really interesting one in here is Dominance. It's a melee override skill. Flak establishes dominance over an enemy, turning it into an ally for a short time. If the enemy is a beast, the duration is doubled. While Sick. under the effects of Dominance, the target constantly loses health until it dies or the effect ends. Only one enemy can be dominated at a time. An enemy can only be dominated once. That's sweet. It's like... Here's a magic reference for you. It's like Act of Treason on a... Ah, sick. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I have... Quick thing. Hit me up. I have a whole standard deck currently built around using Act of Treason. And it's it's hella fun. It's a Rakdos deck. Too far it into is, the weeds on magic right there, though. Anyways. Yeah. So the action skill augments that we're looking at... We're going to go into Atomic Aroma because whenever Gamma Burst is active, the Flax Pet is surrounded by a Radiation Aura, constantly damaging all nearby enemies. Now you've got a monkey with a gun that's radioactive. <laughs> Tell me that ain't what, cool. What's, what's not to like about that? <laughs> right, exactly. And then uh, we're also going into Emphatic Rage. 
for the duration of gamma burst damage dealt by flak is increased. What we're looking to do basically is use the action skill as much as possible to do constant radiation damage and tell that monkey to huck them barrels. And then <laughs> we're going to go into the hunter tree afterwards so that way we can support our pet as much as possible. We may actually have to dip into that a little earlier than end game content than I was first anticipating. But right. it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, in the Hunter Tree, currently I've got points into uh, Interplanetary Stalker, Leave No Trace, Hunter's Eye, Head Count, and Ambush Predator. Okay. So, so um, I don't want to spoil anything for what your, your next one that you have, but you're still going to be running and relying pretty heavily on uh, critical hits and things like that in order to just kill enemies so that it does like cooldown stuff for your pets, right? Yeah, essentially. That's what I'm looking to do is to stay as far away as, from my enemies as possible, light them up with sniper rifles and critical hit damage, and then, but the bulk of the damage I want to be done by the pet. Uh, mainly okay. because... Gam so Gamma Burst actually has a relatively short cooldown of 30 seconds, and then the pet... Let's see. Um, sorry anyways and then uh and then we're just looking to make that pet as buff as possible so um and then support the pet keep our distance clear people out with critical hit damage that's essentially the name of the game here nice i i like it i think it's interesting i, I really like the way they're doing stuff between between uh Flack and their their pet class stuff and Zane and his Digiclone things. I know I've touched on this a little bit already, but the options for doing more of those things seem extremely viable now. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's just every action skill seems like it matters more now because you can do more stuff with it. But alter, but you can also just not even build around them at all and still be totally fine. You can do either one and. That seems really, really fun to me. Yeah. And it's important to note that we did, as Drew mentioned, we did have a pet class that we could build around Borderlands 1, which was Mordecai, uh, Mordecai's Bloodwing, which was great. It's was my fantastic. favorite. It's my favorite build in Borderlands 1. Because you right. go into, you go into the blood, you go into the Bloodwing tree and then you go into uh, the, the pistol build tree. And to me, that's my favorite way of doing Mordecai. Mm -hmm. and that, yeah, and we're basically absolutely. doing the better version of that with flack and their current abilities and skills right right it was a little bit it was a little bit rocky uh with borderlands 2 uh not that i want to get too far into the weeds with that it was a little bit rocky the way that they did it in there because death trap was there wasn't really so much of a build around death trap or as much as we would have liked and even even Axton's turret was sort of pet like <laughs> yeah ish ish and and that didn't there wasn't so much into a turret build either for axton it was it was a little hiccups and it was just a product of the time that each of those games came out the time that borderlands 1 came out and the gameplay that they were looking at it bloodwing worked really really well for borderlands 2 and the kind of gameplay that they were doing in there which was a really souped up amped up version and frankly more difficult version of borderlands one it was a similar situation where they were putting it in there but it was more of an afterthought when you actually went to use it so right right uh this seems like it'll be viable and well done 
Uh, granted, uh, a third time's a charm. This is based off 0, 0.0 hours of gameplay, but it seems like it will work really, really well. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree. So, uh, I, the next I don't build think here. I, Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I, I just want to say, I don't think that they will repeat the same mistakes they made in Borderlands 2 when it comes to these types of classes, considering how heavily they're in there between... and because even to an ex- even to an extent iron bear is slightly slightly just a little bit a pet class as well right fingers crossed fingers crossed <laughs> so the next one we're going to talk about i'm going to call silent but deadly uh, that's a fart joke that sounds like i said you farted <laughs> uh so no surprises here this is he flack is the hunter class so this is all based around their critical hit damage and everything. It's essentially going into the hunter tree. Um, but we're going to start off with the with a skill in a different tree. Because mm-hmm. I can. So what we're looking at is we're going to put our main action skill as fade away. Uh, Flak cloaks turning invisible. Flak can fire three shots while cloaked. Each shot is automatically a critical hit. While cloaked, Flak has increased movement speed and health regeneration. So that's neat. I guess that's some. I know that it helped you make this one, but I guess that's something that I totally forgot about in there is that they're all critical hits automatically. Yep. Which is uh, that that's going to be fun. I mean, you just sit there and just go into it. Even if you're doing like a huge boss fight, you're going to be able to go into it. And just bang, bang, bang. There's there's my critical hits. I don't even need to look. As long as I'm hitting whatever, right. it's a critical hit. So I'm thinking about that, and I can't decide at this point if it's better to have... Let's see. The duration of Fade Away is 15 seconds. So I guess that's probably long enough to where if you have like a Jacob's sniper rifle or something, you can still get off three shots in that amount of time. So it's not like oh, you're yeah. going to have to go for a lower damage, faster speed, you know, faster uh, fire rate weapon like a Vladoff or anything. Right. Yeah, you could even, if you wanted to, you could even use a, because uh, obviously the idea is that we're going to be running sniper rifles with this build. Uh, that's kind of a given. But the other thing is that if you want to go into that and then just switch to a shotgun, yeah. and then you could do critical hit damage based off that, that would be great too. Right. Agreed. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> weirdly enough, the stalker tree is it's kind of where we have some stuff it's it's so weird because fade away is the main skill that we're getting from the tree and so you would think oh okay they're going to go into the stalker tree heart not really and the reason being is because if you look at it the stalker tree is kind of all over the place but we need to put points in it anyways in order to get the action skill augments of uh, until you're, we need to get the action skill augment of until you're dead, in which uh, the health regeneration and movement speed of fade away persists for a short time after the skill has ended, so mm-hmm. gives you uh, an extra ten seconds there. Um, the other thing about the stalker tree is that we're looking to get skill the skills of turn tail and run and hidden machine. Uh, turn tail and run is where is it at? It's here somewhere. Oh, there it is. While moving, Flak constantly regenerates health and gains damage reduction. While Flak gains uh, gun damage, or while still, Flak gains gun damage and fire rate. Yeah. 
So and, increased uh, gun damage, I mean, you put three points into that, right? You're getting 25% bonus to gun damage while you're still. So you, f- just like in Flax character trailer, you fade away, you fire the three shots, you're getting that those critical hits, plus you're getting the bonus of gun damage from turn, tail, and run. Right. And then the yep. other, what was the other one that I said? Oh, Hidden Machine, because Hidden Machine, when an enemy has no target or is attacking a different target, like, and they, they're going to have no target because you're friggin' gone, um, yeah. Flak deals increased damage against them. 30% uh, bonus when you have that skill maxed out. So a 30% yeah. bonus from Hidden Machine, a 25% gun bonus from Turn, Tail, and Run, and autom- three automatic critical hits from Fade Away. Right. That's the other thing. Go ahead. Yep. Go. Oh, yeah. The other thing too is that uh, you can also we have this kind of setup so that you can use either until you are dead. Uh, the other option is it's it's kind of up to how you want to play it because you can u- either use until you are dead or you can use the action skill augment of unblinking eye, which again it's totally up to you. But successive hits on the same target increase flax critical critical damage per hit. Uh, unblinking eye resets every three hits. Right, so, and that gives you a bonus of 75% per hit. So it really, you know, I actually prefer that one. I'm calling it now audible put use a unblinking eye instead of until you're dead. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you do feel like you need more time to get away from things or something like that, then, then you might want to look at going into until you were dead. Right. However, if you're distanced enough that you can get off those nice uh, critical hits, then unblinking eyes can be the way to go. Right. So So yep. now, after going through the stalker tree like that, what we're going to do now is we're going to go into the hunter tree so we can get that damage. All get right? that damage. The hunter tree is all based around increasing the amount of damage that Flack does, and... Weirdly enough, the majority of the points are in the Hunter Tree, but that stuff synergizes so well with Fade Away that that's... We're doing really solid damage most of the time anyways, but when we go into Fade Away, it's just over-the-top excessive amounts of damage. So there we're putting points into Interplanetary Stalker, Leave No Trace, Hunter's Eye, Ambush Predator, and I know right now you're thinking, Drew, you already went over all these skills. I know. That's because the Hunter Tree is sick, and it's going to just allow us to do stupid amounts of gun damage. Yeah, absolutely. The most dangerous game, Grim Harvest, Galactic Shadow, and Megavore. Megavore's cool because Flat gains a chance to score a critical hit with weapons against any part of enemies. So when you're at max level, right, and you've got points into Megavore, and you go into... So you're going to be, um, you have a chance of doing critical hit damage no matter where you shoot them. And then when you go into fade away, you're guaranteed critical hit shots. You're just critting all over the place. Critting over here and critting over there and just critting Erwer. All right. <laughs> critting at your mom's house. Oh, oh, that's right. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. So don't at me on that. <laughs> right. We wish nothing but the best for your mother. Uh, yeah. So like we said, we're going to be using the... We're going to be using Flax Skag because the Skag increases uh, Flax damage. Flax is joined by a loyal Skag companion, which will increase Flax damage. Hold F to issue an attack command, which will cause the Skag to vomit acid on enemies. I might do that just for fun. 
<laughs> that just sounds entertaining. <laughs> right. It's not it's not a ton of damage increase. It's only plus five percent. Maybe you want to go into the mastery tree to that to uh get the bonus from pets, such as let's see, what was that? There's one particular skill. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you go all the way down into Barbaric Yop, increases the power of pet bonuses granted to Flack. Uh, if you, it's 20% per skill point invested. So that could be a lot of extra damage. But I really think that this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Either way, however you decide to play Flack, we got to admit that all of Flack's pets are heckin' good pets. <laughs> heckin' good pets. So... Lastly, we have Moe's. Jeff, you built both of these, so I'm going to let you run with them again. Sweet. So last but definitely not least, uh, and I say that with confidence this time because I'm really excited about the soldier class this time, is Moe's. So uh, we're going to be getting into but it. Wait, so the first Jeff, thing we're Moe's is the soldier class. Yeah, I know. And I know that typically in past Borderlands games, the soldier class has been the one that has seemed both underutilized and not as fun to play as some of the other ones. But here, we seem to have a change in pace. We shall see. <laughs> wow. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so first, we're going to be looking into... Uh, I'm excited for this one, too, because with the, other, with the other soldier builds, I haven't been as excited as I have been for this one. Uh, the main thing is that we're going to be going into Shield of Retribution. Uh, so I'm uh, going to go into that, open that up. And sorry, I'm just opening that skill now. We're going through these individually, just so zero aware. So we're going to go into Shield of Retribution. And the whole point behind this thing is that uh, we are going to be getting into Iron Bear uh, as soon as we can. That's the whole idea behind this one. Uh, we're going to be getting into it. Uh, it's shield of retribution tree is largely based around keeping most safe, but and it's where we're going to be spending most of our points. But the idea is that we're going to be basically using an iron bear to light up our enemies. Like, like those enemies are going to look like a Christmas tree from hell. All right. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be sick. Mm-hmm. All right. So the idea here is we're going to be running uh, selfless vengeance, armored infantry, thin red line, blood off ingenuity, full can of whoop ass behind the iron curtain, desperate measures, Phalanx Doctrine and Tenacious Defense. Uh, so the we idea know that here currently is that, that those are just words to you, but we're going to explain them to you right now. Right, exactly. So, so the idea behind uh, all these is that uh, Iron Bear gains uh, Iron Bear gains a bubble shield. This is Security Bear that reduces damage taken. The shield deactivates if it sustains too much damage, reactivating after a short cooldown. Okay, no problem. Uh, while Moses' shields are active, she gains damage reduction and increased gun damage. So that right there tells us that when she's not in Iron Bear, we want to do everything we can to keep those shields up. This brings us into uh, the skills of Thin Red Line. A portion of Moses' health is reserved and cannot be restored, but her maximum shield is increased by the same amount. Uh, current effect on that, if you have three points, is 60% max health reserved and added to max shields. So... More shields there. And then we go over to Vladov Ingenuity, put five points into that, where she gains 47% shock damage resistance and max shield to just increase that. Now we start getting into some of the Iron Bear stuff. Uh, so instead of having the rail gun, uh, we're going to go into Bear Fist. Uh, 
which if that is not the name of a metal band right now, I'm claiming it. So, Dibs. <laughs> Dibs. <laughs> so uh, the bear fist is a pneumatic driven fist that deals massive damage to a single target at close range. If you're going to be in your, if you're going to be in Iron Bear, you might as well get like the coolest thing and just punch people with it. That's just sick. Yep. Uh, additionally, we're going to get Shock Hammer later, so Bear Fist is now capable of sustained rapid fire punches. Sick. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it makes me think of, and this is, uh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a deep cut reference, but it's kind of old school. Just makes me think of that part from Red versus Blue where it's like I saw her pull out a guy's skull and beat him to death with it, and he's like, "This isn't physically possible." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just See, like getting made, beat by it. What it made me think of is like where, um, like playing Street Fighter Two, and you have a character that's able to like grab onto another character and just beat him in the face over and over for a few, yes. for a few seconds. And the other, and your buddies over there, like, dude, this is bullshit. Let me go. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> no, nah, dude, head punch. <laughs> Just get better at the game, bro. Right. Oh, so anyway, uh, so yeah, just, you know, it, it just sounds fun and it does shock damage too. So great. Uh, additionally, uh, bear fist has reduced fuel drain and deals bonus shock damage. So it has minus 40% on the fuel drain when you use it. So that's just going to be fun because energy uh, efficiency. Correct. Uh, so we're like I said, we're going to be going into behind the iron curtain. So recharge delay is reduced and shield recharge rate is increased. So delay is minus 19%. Rate is increased by 21%. So just keeping that shield up. Phalanx Doctrine. After killing an enemy, Mose gains a stack of Phalanx Doctrine. For every stack of Phalanx Doctrine, you gain maximum shield and gun damage are increased. Each stack lasts 30 seconds. There is no stack limit. That says it right in there. There is no stack limit. If you can find a way to kill a ton of enemies at once, if there's some way to even wait for maybe something weird like an enemy to make more enemies, I'm not even sure if that's a thing. Do it and just get kill them all at once in Iron Bear and then get all that shield afterwards. It'll be super great. Trust me. I mean, the stacks do yeah. only last for 30 seconds, but like imagine that you've got like one big... Like, if you've got some kind of mini-boss or something, right, and they're just a massive thing with a bunch of little things running around it, think like the Roid Rage Psycho in Borderlands 1. You just yeah, take out I was all exact. The, I was just about to go into that, yep. Yeah, you just take out all the little enemies around it and then go and go toe-to-toe with the main boss, and you've got huge shields at that point. Huge shields and bigger gun damage, so. Yeah. Because it's a lot, too. It's a lot of stuff. It's 10% per stack on the gun damage and 15% per stack on the max shields. Yep. That's that. That's a lot. I mean, it's only 3% per skill point invested, but just max that thing out because it's sweet. Yeah, it is. So uh, whenever... And then the other thing, whenever her shield is fully depleted, she instantly restores a portion of her shield and her gun damage is increased for a short time. So... You're going to be trying as hard as you can to keep that shield up. And if it doesn't work, if something goes down on it or if somebody hits you with something, then you're still going to get 40% of it back. It's it's basically a health gate mechanic on your shield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it'll work really, really well. Okay, so going into that, uh, the other thing we're going to be doing is we're going to make sure that as long as we're going to be trying to stay in Iron Bear as long as possible, we're going to make sure to get some of the benefits from that. Uh, so we're going to go over into the bottomless mags tree. We're going to get Daka Bear just because Daka Bear is fun. I want, I want to play this game with people, so I want to have people in my turret. It sounds <laughs> <great>. <laughs> right. 
Uh, we're going to be going into Cloud of Lead. Occasionally, Moe's and Iron Bear's shots will deal additional incendiary damage and won't consume ammo. Great. The more that you don't consume ammo, the better. And then you're also going to be doing uh, Smoke the Embers, or Stoke the Embers. That was the second time I've messed that one up today. Yeah, but messed earlier it up you called it right. something else. Yeah, I called it something else. We're not getting into it. Anyway, increases Moe's and Iron Bear's incendiary damage by up to 30%. Okay, so it's it's going to be good. And then we actually go into the other tree a little bit too, into Demolition Woman. Uh, we're going to be doing this so that we can uh, use firing Iron Bear's weapons, drains less fuel, synergize there. We're going to be getting uh, Grizzled. Killing an enemy reduces Moe's remaining action skill cooldown time. More time to get into Iron Bear there. Uh, stainless Steel Bear. Iron Bear gains additional armor and increased maximum fuel. Yep, More keep, fuel there. Yep, just keeps us in Iron Bear longer. Yep. And then we have Auto Bear. So even after you get out of Iron Bear, uh, while Auto Bear remains active, it will target and attack nearby enemies until its duration ends. Then it will charge uh, an enemy and self-destruct. Perfect. Great. So, you know, it's like having another... <laughs> Uh, I just realized that's an actual thing that Axton says. It's like having another soldier on the field. Ah, <laughs> nice. Oh, wait, no. Is that Axton or is that, is that Roland? No, it's Axton. It's one of them. Is it Axton? Okay. So, uh, anyway, uh, from that, that's where we're actually going to be taking our, our next thing. So we're going to be using, uh, we're going to be using the action skill of Vanquisher Rocket Pods. Uh, and it's a launcher capable of rapid firing volleys of unique explosive rockets. And then we're just going to be feeding that right into, um, we're going to be feeding that right into active tracking. So fires homing rockets and has increased reload speed, hold down F and aim at enemies to designate up to six targets, releasing fire button launches, a volley of homing rockets at the designated target. So you kill them with that. And then once you do, you've got those six enemies that hopefully died at the same time. So you've instantly got six stacks uh of phalanx doctrine yep so the whole the whole premise of this build as as jeff mentioned before is having massive shields that recharge quickly so that way you're you're staying alive when you're not in iron bear and also getting the uh benefits of um what was it um Oh, yeah, and when your shields are down from uh, in Tenacious Defense, whenever her shield's fully depleted, she restores a portion of her shield and her gun damage is increased. So that's that's the main thing, is like keeping them shields up and when they do go down, doing more damage, and but hopping into Iron Bear as frequently as possible. That's why this build is called... When I get back into my giant mechanical shooting bear, you better watch out. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, so that's a uh, that's a good one. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, when you first, well, let's. I'll ask you this question afterwards. But anyways, uh, so the next and final build that we have for you today. Yep. So the final one that we have uh, focuses primarily on uh, Mo's devil Mo's demolition woman uh, skill tree. Uh, it's. It's a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of potential here and uh, we'll see how it goes, but this is kind of the idea behind it. So uh, Moses demolition woman focuses heavily on explosions and that's what we're going to be running is we're trying to do basically a modified grenade Axton or as I call it grenade Axton build from borderlands Two. Um, 
unlike most other builds for Moe's, and especially the one that I mentioned earlier, we're not going to be focusing on Iron Bear for this build. Please don't at me about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so looking into it when we go into this, the um, what we're going to be going into is it's going to start uh, kind of like our one for Flak did, where you're going to be using one area to buff another area. So we're going to be starting with Dockabear, just because I like Dockabear and the minigun. And then uh, we're going to be going into Cloud of Lead, so it uh, has a chance to deal incendiary damage. All right, that sounds pretty good. We like incendiary damage. Um, and then we get increased incendiary damage from Stoke the Embers. And then we're going to go into uh, Redistribution. We're going to be going into After Moe scores a critical hit, she regenerates ammo for a few seconds. Okay. That one seems kind of interesting, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, we're going to be going into Scorching RPMs, which is increased fire rate and critical hit damage. Anytime you're running a uh, an elemental build of any kind, which this one is geared heavily towards uh, incendiary damage, uh, the idea is that you want to fire a lot of shots to be able to get the chance for those guns to actually do their incendiary damage as much as possible, or elemental damage, rather. Uh, then we're going to go to the iron bank to get more magazine size. So we can just keep on firing in there. And then we're also going to go into some for the road. So she's going to gain infinite ammo for a few seconds after exiting iron bear. So we just don't have to worry about reloading. Uh, we're going to get one point and one point only so far into, uh, click, click, which is increased gun damage as her magazine empties. Uh, we would have put more points into it, but there's a reason we didn't. It's because we're using other skills for other things. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So going into that, we already have kind of a build based around the incendiary damage. We've got some critical hit shenanigans going on, and we've got more fire rates. Uh, we also have the idea that the minigun fires explosive rounds that deal increased splash damage but its fire rate is decreased. Okay, I'm willing to take that because the minigun damage gets plus 126%. That's a lot of percents. Mm -hmm. um, and it has a chance to deal increased splash damage. That's the important thing in here. So let me go into that. We move over to Demolition Woman and we go into the rockets and this is where this starts to come together. Whenever Moe's deals splash damage, she deals bonus incendiary damage. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> But it's Jeff, like didn't we just mention something about splash damage in the last tree? Yeah, we might have. We might have. So now we go into means of destruction. Whenever Moe's deals splash damage, there's a chance to add ammo to her currently equipped weapons magazine with a smaller chance to return uh, a grenade. Interesting. So now we're doing splash damage that does incendiary damage, and it's going to be giving us ammo back. So what could we do to help that? Oh, we're going to put in Torg cross promotion. All splash damage dealt by Moe's has a chance to double in size. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so kind of the thing that we were looking at when we took a look at this at Moses' skill tree like months ago. Yeah, literally. Uh, so going into it then, that's where we're going to be focusing on uh, mainly the rest of this. Uh, going to be going pull the holy pin so that your grenades have a chance to do a critical hit. Um, you're going to be going into the skill augment for musical chairs. So it's going to fire a singularity grenade on every seventh grenade that pulls enemies nearby before exploding. Great, that's splash damage. Then we're going to be going into Vampire, or Vampire, I guess, is that the way that one's pronounced, because it's with the Y. Uh, whenever Moe's damages an enemy with uh, a thrown grenade for every enemy hit, she restores a portion of her missing health. Great. Now you're going to be hitting people with thrown grenades that you're going to be lobbing out there, and you're going to be 
uh, healing when you do it. You're going to be getting maxed out, so you're going to get an extra three grenades. You're going to be doing to the last, which means that uh, Mose gains the ability to throw grenades while in fight for your life. If she threw a grenade before gaining second win, a grenade is refunded. So you'll have at least one chance to be able to throw a grenade while you're in fight for your life to help. And then uh, for the last one, we're going to be going with short fuse. So whenever Mose deals gun damage, there's a chance of a secondary explosion centered on the target. Perfect. You know what explosions so, make? Splash damage. Splash damage. <laughs> so, so any gun that you have once you get into short fuse is going to be a chance to do more incendiary damage. It's going to have a chance to... It, it's it's going to be great. It's going to have a lot of stuff in there. So, uh, again, we're going to be running with the V35 grenade launcher uh, for obvious reasons to splash damage. Getting that with musical chairs so that you can pull singularity uh, people into singularities for that. And then, again, running with um, the minigun, and you're going to be doing uh, the splash damage with the minigun on exploding bullets. So... I'm excited. I like explosions. I'm all about it. I'm I'm for it. We'll see how it goes. I think it'll go well. Right. So that build's called Things That Make You Go Boom. Yep. <laughs> D1.0. Uh, D1.0. Yeah. So that's... There it is. There's two builds per, per character. Jeff, in, you said that you're going to play Zane when we first get together. Which... Are you going to go into one of these builds that you've created for Zane? Yeah, I'm definitely going to try running that shotgun build. Yeah, you got to do that until um, you find an infinity, and then respec! <laughs> I, I, girl, I might. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, yep, so I'm going to go ahead and go into that one, which is, again, the old in and out. If I happen to find an infinity, then we're going to go into infinite grenades, and I think, it'll be, I think it'll be fun. Either way, I think there's a lot. I think this will also have a lot to do with what kind of skills get buffs from different items and things sure, like that, though, too. Sure. Yeah, it all depends on, on relics and, and class mods and such. I think that out of the two that we talked about today, I, I probably will be going into the the main pet build for Flak first, just because that Great. one seems more just seems more interesting than oh, critical hit damage with sniper rifles, huh? You know? Like even though fade away <laughs> is never seen that before. <laughs> right, exactly. Even though fade away is a sick action skill, to me the the whole hunter thing with pets that's just really what i want to what i want to build around you know so that's mm-hmm. what i'm probably going to go into first knowing your wife which like if if one she chooses one of these uh one of the amara builds which one do you think she'll go for if she were to choose between the two of these i would definitely think that she would go with the Ring of Fire build, just because that was the main thing that attracted her to the Sirens in uh, in the first place, and especially in BL1, was the fact that she could do all the elemental damage. That was the whole goal. She liked... She liked... <laughs> sounds terrible, but she liked setting people on fire and corroding them with acid. Ah, <laughs> like, a good quality in a wife. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think that's what she'll she'll go for. And I think, to be honest, I think it'll work out really, really well. So I just hope that and, you know, I I say this and it's never actually been a problem, though. I was I was about to say, I just hope I, I can keep my big mouth shut and tell her, you know, not get into telling her what to do. But it's never really been a problem before. So she uh, she she knows how to build these characters uh, as well, if not better than what you and I do, and especially when it comes to sirens. So I'm, I'm sure she'll sure she'll have a handle on it. Maybe she'll come up with something crazy we don't even know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to 
like if she does go with that build, then her doing uh, tons of incendiary damage, and then Flack and his pets doing tons of radiation damage, and mm-hmm. it, that's just that's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward yeah. to that. So, oh, absolutely. That is going to bring us to our final segment of the episode. We're going to close it out like we do every single episode with going, going, gun. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so, uh, I went through recently, and I've been doing a lot of work on the show, and just kind of getting preparatory stuff going, and I have an entire document where I'm putting every single unique and legendary from every single game. It's it's overwhelming, uh, but in doing so, you find a lot of guns and stuff that you either like didn't know about or forgot, and so that's what we're going with today. Today, we've got the Boom Puppy. The Boom Puppy. Jeff, without looking, tell me what the Boom Puppy is. Where do you get without it? looking? Without looking. What 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 the Boom Puppy is? Yeah, what it is and who you get it from. Uh, it is. Oh, you're really putting me on the spot now. Yep. It is an explosive weapon. I want to say it's an assault rifle. And you get it from Tiny Tina in Torg's DLC. That's correct. Yep. All wow. Yeah. All, All right. <laughs> so it's a, the boom puppy is a, still got it. <laughs> the boom puppy is a unique Torg assault rifle and is received from Tiny Tina when completing the walk the dog quest. What a fun little quest that is. Like, not, not great, but it's, it's entertaining at the very yeah. least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, other than the unique and frankly kind of cool Tiny Tina-based weapon skin, it's, it's really not a terrible weapon, but you gotta know how to use it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, being a Torg assault rifle, like, assault rifle, I automatically want to be like, meh. You know? But, <laughs> but because yeah. it's a Torg, like, that kind of makes up for it almost all the time. Um, it's essentially a grenadier assault style rifle and after Tiny Tina has modded it. So mm-hmm. it was already explosive. Now it's explosive and crazy. And basically it shoots grenadier assault rifles shoot grenades. These grenades are hella bouncy. And for that particular reason, that's why I said that you want to be, you want to know exactly how you're going to, how to use it. because Using a rifle of that style outside doesn't do you a whole lot of good because those those grenades are going to go everywhere. Yep, they're just going to fly all over the place if you're out in if you're out in the wild. However, alternatively, it makes it really really good for indoor spaces. Think mm-hmm. Southpaw, Steam and uh, Steam and Power, where you're going to be fighting the assassins and there's all kinds of psychos and everything everywhere. Or yeah, the, the bloodshot, bloodshot dam. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's that's a really those are two really great places to be using it. But you got to look out for getting a grenade back in the face. Like, make sure you're firing it from far enough away to where you're not at risk of being in the middle of that giant torrent of grenades. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I would put this up there with the really dangerous things that people are familiar with, uh, with the Rolling Thunder or the the bonus package is another dangerous one like that. The Tunguska, especially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so th- things of that nature. Um, it 
can be really good though. It's um, obviously we talk about the Logan's gun a lot and how it can use use that to regenerate rockets, but you can actually do a really good rocket regen with this too, um, because uh, an absorb shield can absorb multiple rockets from just one shot of the boom puppy due to the multiple explosion effects on the weapons. So, uh, so if that's what you're into, you know that might be a good way to do it, and especially if you're running something. Um, you know, if you're running something that doesn't use any assault rifles, uh, then this would be a good way to do that too, because if you're running explosives, you're probably also going to be running a, uh, you know, or if you're running rockets, you're probably uh, going to be running explosives and stuff like that. And you just don't want anything else to to take down any other explosive uh, ammo and stuff like that. So Right, right. So uh, naturally it being uh, doing explosive damage and grenade damage and, and all that stuff, it's going to be good when you're playing as Krieg, uh, Axton, Salvador, definitely. And funny enough, Jeff and I had a quick talk about this earlier, uh, Gage. So, because there's no, like, if it's, there's no aiming. Like, it's just basically random rockets, you know, flying around out there. Yeah. So, yep. might as well get the, you know the shooting the ground bonus, you know, of, of, <laughs> of running gauge. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So, uh, interesting, interesting stuff. Kind of a unique thing that we've forgotten about. Again, you're, you're never going to see any builds specifically built around this, but it's kind of a fun thing to have. Yeah, definitely. So, and especially you... for something that you can just get as a quest reward anyway, why not? You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to farm it or anything. You just complete the quest and you're done, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Yep. Anyways, so that's going to bring us to the end of uh, episode 9. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time. We are inching ever closer to the release of Borderlands 3. We only have Less than a month! You know that we only have one more episode after this before the release of Borderlands 3? God, don't you do that to me. Don't you terrify me <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then we have, and then we're going to be recording an episode two days after it comes out. So, oh, I'm so excited for that. That's going to be so excited for that. I'm not even going to write anything for that. I think we should just be like, like there's no notes or anything. We just hop in and talk, you know? Yeah. Just hop on be like, okay. It's really good. You yeah, guys. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we're hoping. So anyways, uh, so. As, like we said at the beginning of the episode, follow us on Twitter, uh, hit us up at our email, follow us on Twitch. We really want to get that yeah. treat, Twitch stream going a lot. Uh, so, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Good luck and good drops. Bye.